Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from that second reading from the book of Acts, especially these words. What does this mean? Thus far, our text. <clears throat> Dear friends in Christ, today we celebrate Pentecost, which is, in a way, sort of the founding of the mission of the church. A lot of the things that we do here each week have their root in what was done on that first Pentecost. The way that our church is designed reflects that first Pentecost. Why do we have a baptismal font here? Why do we have podiums for God's word to be proclaimed from? Why do we have an altar? What do all these things mean? In a way, that's a very good Lutheran question. What does this mean? And it's the same question that was asked on that first Pentecost day, when for the first time the message of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen, was preached publicly. What does it mean? What's going on? It had been a confusing morning that very first Pentecost. There had been a loud rushing wind sound at the beginning of the morning. And then a bunch of lowly fishermen from Galilee, the backwater of Israel, they were suddenly standing in the temple, preaching in all sorts of languages that people from Galilee just don't know. And it was odd that those preachers from Galilee were there at all. A few hours before, they wouldn't even come out of their home. They wouldn't even leave the upper room. They had the doors locked for fear of being arrested. And the content of what those preachers, those fishermen from Galilee were saying was odd as well. They were preaching a message about a man, a criminal, who had been crucified and killed two months before. Why? And on top of that, Peter was claiming that that crucified criminal had raised from the dead. All these things being proclaimed, all these things happening, what do they mean? Why are they being talked about? It was a lot to take in. The languages, the preaching, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and all of it was in one short sermon preached over 1,900 years ago. And as we look back on the text today, we have to forgive those people who were confused. We have to forgive those people who didn't understand what was happening. We have to forgive their question, what does this mean? We'll have to forgive their perplexion. 
because oftentimes when we look at the same things here, we're just as confused. But luckily we have the response from St. Peter. What does all this preaching business mean? What does this resurrection business mean? Peter tells us. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man tested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourself know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. What does it all mean? Why the preaching? Why the flames of fire? Why the rushing wind? Why the fishermen talking publicly? Because of Jesus. And not only that, did you hear what Peter said about who killed Jesus? Peter said, you crucified and killed Jesus. He said that to those gathered that first Pentecost. And what he means is that they killed Jesus by their sin. They killed Jesus through the hands of ungodly men who loved themselves more than they loved God. Their sin is the reason Jesus had to die. That's a tough message to hear. It cut them to the heart. I mean, how would you respond if you were told to your face that your sin is why Jesus, God's only son, had to die on a cross? But that's what the church preaches. And when that message has been heard, the church moves on to the gospel, just as Peter did. When the people were cut to the heart, they said, what should we do? And Peter's gave them the gospel. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. For it is only in the name of Jesus that you'll be saved. His death was because of your sin, and it was for your sin. In his death, you already died to sin. And in Jesus, now you can live forever. In Jesus, you have forgiveness. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. You see, at that first Pentecost, everything that happened was about Jesus. The preaching was about Jesus, even in all the different languages, so that everyone could hear about Jesus. The fishermen were called by Jesus. The baptism was done in the name of Jesus. The rushing wind was the Holy Spirit going around and creating faith in people that looks to Jesus. 
everything, everything was about Jesus. All that the Holy Spirit does on Pentecost, through the apostles, through the word, through water, through the Lord's Supper, all of it is to bring people to Jesus and to bring the forgiveness of sins earned by Jesus to those who have faith in him. From that day forward, and even until the end of this world, Jesus is the absolute most important thing in this world. Where does that leave you, dear Christian? This Pentecost today, what does this Pentecost mean? Is anyone going to run around Lincoln preaching in different languages today? No, probably not. Is there going to be fire that descends from heaven and lands on each one of us today? No, probably not. Will there be a huge rushing wind that fills our sanctuary? Only when the air conditioner kicks on. That's not the Holy Spirit. What does Pentecost mean for Christians now, in 2019, in Lincoln, Nebraska, and around the whole world? It means God still works faith in word and in sacrament. That's good news for us because the truth is we still get confused about the reality of the Christian faith. We take for granted the ways that God is going to create faith in us. The preaching, baptism, and the Lord's Supper. We don't consider how important God's word is for our lives and families. We forsake our baptisms in that we don't daily remember them. Who has time for that, after all, when there's work and school and sports and play and all the other activities to do? We spend more money and time paying for cell phone bills than we do for offering used to support the church or even not given to the church to support our neighbor in need. Perhaps we spend more money on our cell phone bills because we spend four or five hours a day looking at our cell phone while we're content to be in church for an hour every week and are angry if it's an hour and 20 minutes every week. We don't want to sing all the hymn verses. We're not content to have the Lord's Supper each week because those things make the service longer. They make us late for our three-hour-long sporting event or nap on Sunday afternoons. 
God works in his word, in his sacraments, here in this church each and every week. Because of our sinful nature, we still at times take that for granted. We are sinners after all. God sent his son to die for you. He sends his Holy Spirit here for you. Here for me. And still, we don't uphold God's work as important as we ought to. We are sinners. Sinners indeed. Sinners in thought. And so now, hear the truth. The same truth Peter preached the first Pentecost. Because of your sin, you crucified and killed Jesus by the hands of lawless men. Because of my sin, I crucified and killed Jesus by the hands of lawless men. All our sin is to blame. And if we were left like that, we'd be in for a rude awakening someday, an awakening of hell reserved for sinners to punish their sin for eternity with weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the truth that our sin deserves. And it cuts us to the heart to think about. What in the world should we do? Peter tells us the answer there as well. Repent. Repent and remember your baptism. Every one of you, you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Remember that baptism, because in that baptism you already died with Christ. And if you died with Christ, you rose with Christ. And if you rose with Christ, you live with Christ, and Christ lives forever. Remember that you belong to Jesus in your baptism. And that's not all. The Holy Spirit calls you week in and week out by giving you his word preached by your pastors, sung in the hymns and in the liturgy. He gives you your word in a world today where there's more Bibles around than at any other time in the history of the world so that you might be in God's word. The Holy Spirit speaks a word to you directly. He did it at the beginning of the service. I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And when God speaks a word, that word is true. You are forgiven. 
Remember that Christ loves you so much that he's willing to feed you with his own crucified, buried, resurrected body and blood. A body and blood that's alive forever. And you are what you eat. When you eat Christ, you too will live forever. When you eat and when you drink, you receive forgiveness, life, and salvation. Repent. Remember your baptism. Eat the Lord's body and blood. Hear the Lord's word that speaks to you. Because in these things, you have hope. Forgiveness. Life. And salvation. Christ loves you so much that going to the cross for your sin was a task he was more than willing to accomplish. And not only did he go to the cross, but he sends his Holy Spirit here, in the word preached, in the gifts given, so that you might always have faith and trust in the forgiveness he's earned. He brings it to you now. And so it is that you belong to him, and you always shall. The Holy Spirit has called you, gathered you into the church, enlightened you, given you his gifts, and that is good news. Good news that was first proclaimed at Pentecost and is proclaimed every Sunday, every Wednesday, here in Christ's name. When God's word is preached and the sacraments are administered according to God's institution, the Holy Spirit really is here. Not with flames of fire, but with water. With the word. With the body and blood. In the bread and the wine. And these things always point us back to Jesus. That's what Pentecost is all about. Jesus. Proclaiming his salvation. So that you might hear it. And believe it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.